3rd of April 2022. Today we are going live on the Josh Tan Show. This weekend is pretty special because this is the first weekend that our causeways are open, correct? And I bet that if you go there right now, you're going to be stuck in a five-hour jab or something like that. So that's pretty crazy. And speaking of long queues, have you heard of this whole uh, saga that's went on with Moon Swatch or not? You know, Swatch and Omega did a collaboration. A uh, 100-piece item that was not meant to be limited in any case. And they were looking to sell it as part of a promotion drive. So there are fans and of course there are scalpers. You know, scalpers, they are those who like to take a queue, buy something exclusive and hopefully try to flip it on, uh, I don't know, carousel or something like that for one, two hundred dollars of profit. Now, I really dislike that idea because uh, that doesn't build long-term wealth. And as we've discovered, some of the people who are queuing for 10 hours ended up with nothing. So really, there are a lot of better ways to try to figure out how to make income. And more important, make long-term income, not this kind of abrupt income. It really doesn't build wealth. But today, we are going to discuss on a case to really try to build on wealth. Because this is a good case. A public case that was uh, shared, and I'm using some of the information from that video to really try to dissect and explain what we should all look out for. And I've actually shown at the bottom there, uh, you'll see that there is these figures coming up from case study. And let me run through them with you. This guy uh, with his wife in combined have 100,000 in annual income. So their take home after bonus CPF is about 6,000 per month. Pretty solid, pretty uh, okay. Uh, but what we have to critique and learn is the breakdown. Where are they allocating towards? And as always, if you have questions or you'd like to share your case study, you can always look for my links or you can put in the comment sections. I'll pick them up for you. What we understand is 40% are expenses and they seem to be going towards six expenses in general, which we should guess includes telcos, includes uh, what are land bills, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, electric bills, which are going up. If you haven't seen latest electric bills, <laughs> uh, oil price going up, electricity bills are definitely going up. That's a given really. And what we can also understand is that he also has childcare expenses. He has two kids, both under the age of three. And I don't know if you are a young parent or not, or going to be a young parent. Let me share with you. The cost for childcare is really quite expensive in Singapore. You realize that uh, PCF, they are charging about $800. And for private kindies, private uh, childcare, student care, they are charging about $2,000, $2,000 plus per month. Of course, there's working mother relief. That's why uh, right now we see 500 they're about spent on childcare. And the problem is when his younger one starts to get into childcare, that expense is definitely going to come in. So we want to try to figure out some solutions for him to take note of. And infant care, just to not leave that topic, infant care is very expensive also in Singapore. So the best is uh, get it to grandma, grandpa, or hiring a maid. Some have combat before. Hiring a maid, you lose privacy, but you do indeed have a lower cost because the maid is definitely not going to cost 1000 plus like an infant care. So for myself, I actually send to my mom, my mother-in-law also. So I go the budget method. And uh, I think grandparents, if they are able, uh, they are still very valuable to contribute to a young toddler's uh, upbringing. Let's look back at case also. He hasn't done too much budgeting and uh, everything he has in terms of his income is going towards a joint expense income. And I'll touch on joint expense income as the first topic for discussion for today. Now, I don't know if you've joined a council with your spouse or not, but from a recent survey I've done, 
almost 60% have a joint account and use it very actively. I belong to the 40% uh, that doesn't use it actively. So what I can share from that survey, uh, if you're interested, why not? Is that most of them actually contribute a ratio to the joint account. So for example, uh, one, one earns 3,000, one earns 6,000. They will each contribute 1,000 and 2,000 to the joint account. So I realized that is the most popular in terms of income basis. The next most popular is actually fixed amount. So regardless of what both earns, both will contribute an equal 1,000 a month to the joint account. So those are the two most popular, but the ratio method is the most popular. So let me know your, your method of doing things. But I'd like to share that joint accounts are actually very useful if you are looking to tidy up your family's expenses or get to the next level, especially if you are a young family right now. Two reasons. The first, joint accounts can really keep each other accountable. Uh, just in case one half is a bit more spendthrift or does not like the budget, having a joint expense account or joint savings account actually keeps everybody accountable. You get it? So I put in some, you put in some. Towards the end of the day, we all benefit because as a couple, as a family, we build finance together. If we don't get to a good place, we both suffer together. Or the kids next time need to shoulder their expense. So having a joint account really keeps each other accountable. And I like that a lot. If you are newlywed, uh, look forward to that idea, especially at the start of the journey. The second is that joint accounts can really prevent underinvestment. What I came to realize speaking to many couples is usually there's very rare both are interested to look at investments together. Uh, so it's usually one that is more in charge of it. So what happens is that when one is lacking behind, a joint account can really help each other move forward uh, to, to really get investments. That means we pump the monies there, then from there we invest. One person take charge of it. Oh, we have first question from Wilson. Work, work, work. We have to work to earn more expense. Uh, that's a complaint. <laughs> uh, can't complain. Uh, we, 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 we take the good and bad of things. And uh, if you want to work less, then uh, settle for a simpler lifestyle. Reduce expenses. I think that, that we all know. There are fixed expenses, that's true, but a lot of things are lifestyle expense. And back to the case, because it relates back to a case. Our case study over here does not really spend that much you look at it again they don't have car expense correct if you own a car easily you, you, you don't count just the the interest the total car cost including fines petrol uh servicing uh, tire changing and of course depreciation is at least a thousand five hundred at least depending on what kind of car someone so they don't even have a car you, you see the expenses and they might need to take a car in future i don't know but if you really want to cut down expenses, cars are one big cost. And they do also have mortgage, you realize from the case, correct? So how they did it is because they bought a four-room resale, pretty small quantum amount, and everything is deducting from CPF. As I've shared on this channel, uh, if you don't want to strain your finances, your CPF can afford it, much simpler way, because your monies must be allocated towards kids. And as they become older, like my kid now in primary school, there is tuition costs and stuff. I see on average, uh, maybe I can share also. Those that are able to afford, I see one, two thousand in terms of per child education, uh, tuition costs in the picture itself. So I think that's a good benchmark. I can feedback to you. One, two thousand. That's what I'm seeing from parents that can afford it. So if there's two kids or three kids, easily five, six thousand in tuition costs. Very scary. So uh, <laughs> that relates to a point in China where they are trying to regulate 
education sector to be non-profit. That I don't quite agree. Uh, but Singaporean parents are a bit kiasu. We spend on child infant care, private child care, and then tuition. So the cost cannot ex- escape. But this family is still not spending too much, which is good. Later, we'll critique a bit towards the end on insurance and into other plans. That is what I have uh, installed for you. What we also can discover and uh, take as a reference point is NUS actually did a study that couples, working couples with parents and children, you know, the sandwich generation concept, the average for basic standard of living, I know you've seen this or not, is 6,426. 6,426 per month. Let me flash that out. Is that legit? Let me ask you that also. 6426 per month minimum and that really that really uh is a challenge to families like this uh take home six thousand that means a bit stretch but their their survey is on the basic standard of living which means you know they have have normal lifestyle some education expense some some good dining and stuff not really cutting everything to a bare minimum uh so my question to you is is the average six thousand four hundred twenty six per month legit or not I can also share also my own. I did an audit on myself. I think I'm spending about five um, combined. My, my side, I'm spending about 11,000 per month. This is why I'm uh, clocking. Uh, but also depends on your expectation in life. So do let me know your questions or your, your situation. And we can debate a bit better on that. So another question, how to increase income? Um, <laughs> that, that, is, that is fundamentally what we're going to discuss a bit better. Because 6,000... Uh, take-home income is good, but as we need to build career, uh, get to the next level, it's not always alternative income or passive income. It's the career progression. If your career is good, you keep your expenses fairly tight, uh, you are able to save up more. And as we discover in this case study, you realize that there is still 2,000, 3,000, 2,000 that is remaining, that they still have to spend on ad hoc items such as upgrading phone and etc. Cetera, et cetera, holidays. Uh, the net savings is less than 2000 combined as a family. And that is a problem because 2000 you times 12, 24,000, 15 years, you still you still get a few hundred K only. So increasing income is very uh, concerning to build that income level. And how to build income? There is no quick answer. Uh, what I dislike is upgrading, going to take a post-grad. I don't think that really builds income. I think it's more of networking. I think it's more of developing specialized knowledge. That's why I think affects income a bit more from what I hear. And especially getting to manager level, you need to build specialized knowledge. You need to take on projects. Your head needs to be on chopping block. Uh, if you avoid responsibilities, it's very difficult to climb the ladder and very difficult to build the income. So that's that's the closest I can answer to this question. So back to the key topic for today, which is insurance cost and is costing 600 per month. He shared also the insurance cost is healthcare cost, which is your shoe plan, as well as whole life plans. I, I do believe in whole life plans, but not too much whole life plans. I think the problem of why 600 per month is used into healthcare and whole life plans is because they have bought excessive whole life plans. So today, what I can share with you is whole life plans, you need to understand its use. It's meant to be a permanent insurance, which means uh, your liabilities are usually defined, which means you should do the bulk of your interest with term plans, half a million, one million or above, depending on your mortgage and liabilities. The permanent insurance part, some level, 
to catch all situation or to have it covering to 75 just in case kind of situation then then you need that level of coverage so if a whole life plan cover is one two hundred thousand uh, then there's a problem he will spend too much on you and what he has shared also is that he bought whole life plans for himself his wife and two kids i'm not against uh whole life plans on kids because it's very cheap but also how much you buy depends on uh, your income also so that's not a priority if the income level is lower take home six thousand, where we need to set aside more for investments the whole life plan for kid may not be a priority or get a smaller size plan hopefully you you hear that logic the reason of buying whole life plan for kids is you want to prepay something to pass it on to them eventually so so that is the benefit of whole life plan because you buy term plan for kids really don't make sense there is no liability you might as well buy something you can prepay and pass it to them we have next question singaporean male liquid net asset of 50k investor pretty worried that how we can serve a next stage uh yes if marriage baby house is in the picture okay at, at least age of 27 still a long way i guess you are the start of your career 50k is not too bad uh you need to watch income as well as savings rate uh that 50k can build up if you watch your equation correctly aim for the first 100k another 50k more in a three years time doable and if you are going to the next stage where there's marriage, baby, and house, there's actually two incomes, two savings merged together. What I would suggest is double check what is your other half doing. Make sure that they are also congruent. If not, you are trying to fly and then the other the other half is uh, not really even walking. And then there's a problem. You're dragging two with one income. Doesn't work. Both take action now. Both aim to 30, how to get to a house. Both aim to save a lot because before baby and before marriage, that's the golden saving period. Uh, once baby is out there's a lot of things that's out of your control and there's a lot of things that you want to spend as a parent uh so if you're at this age without kids yet you you don't get that feeling uh you really want to spend on kids you really want to give them the best that's why parents overspend a lot on kids that's the reality so keep your questions coming we go back to the ba- back to this case study so 600 was spent into whole life plans and health plans health plans are a necessity Unless your corporate plan, you are fully satisfied with. I repeat again, if you are fully satisfied with your corporate plan, then you may not need to spend on the rider of your healthcare plan. But if unsure, always check with a qualified advisor for the pros and cons. I'm, I'm suggesting where you can cut back on. Whole life plans don't get too big an amount, especially if you are not uh, at a higher income level yet. Then also deprioritize children's whole life plan until you have access, you want to deploy, buy a gift, and then those conversations can come in. Oh, thank you, uh, Humber Chartis. Then back to the case, 1,000 into plans. So what exactly is plans? It's been shared. 600 is into an, an, an endowment plan. And what was endowment plan used for? It was for kids, local or foreign f- future university costs. Uh, that's why I said parents love to spend uh, for kids. Because you know all parents want to give the best. And that's nature very good but the question is if you want to spend on local or foreign university you have to understand also foreign university is very costly ntu smu nus have a lot of government grants and per sem i think it's just like twelve thousand per sem currently we adjust it for inflation local universities have a lot of subsidies and uh i would like to say that if the budget is a bit tighter we cannot aim for foreign universities 
because that will definitely impede on your whole retirement itself. Oh, we're getting a feedback. 8,000%. Yes. Also depends on what kind of cost, I guess. Uh, so really is around this and government actually subsidizes some cost. If we inflate it 2-3%, it's not that high. 2-3% for local universities. You budget 50-60,000 for local universities in 15 years time should be reasonable. But if the concept is saving for foreign university, then, then the numbers don't make sense. 600 is not enough even. And that the retirement planning is not even in place. I strongly suggest if you want to fix everything first, for kids, uh, before that, look at your own retirement. Have enough for your own retirement. That is settled, then you plan for kids' education. So there's a priority to things. Then there's also 400 that's spent to investment-linked plan. Now, investment-linked plans have uh, been criticized quite a bit. And maybe he has bought this many years ago. So there was a time where investment-linked plans are popular. If you're watching this right now and haven't gotten your own interest in, in tech, then investment link plans are typically not the most efficient as of this moment. You can just buy whole life plans, limit them, limit the payment, make it more term-like in design. You can purely buy term plans or you, uh, and for the investment side, you can do investment portfolios yourself, buy into shares yourself. It's much more easier than 10 years ago. So he does have 400 channeled towards the investment link plans. I'd like to share also investment link plans, right? There are tools within it such as premium holiday. I think not many are aware of it, which means if you stop payment for it, the plan can actually consume the remaining amounts to fund for the insurance cost itself, which means you can cut back on that 400 if you want to. And as always, not sure, speak to a qualified advisor on the pros and cons. The other way to look at the investment link plan is if you, if you want more insurance coverage, the investment link plan's insurance coverage for, uh, for years before 60 is actually pretty cheap. You may not need a term plan. You can stretch the maximum. They allow you to change the sum assured for investment link plans very easily. So hopefully, uh, there are pointers they can, he can take away because it's it's costing him 400 per month and leaving the remaining amounts of 2000 purely for future wealth building process. Uh, 20K per year for three years. Overseas degree. Uh, yeah, but now overseas degrees are more expensive. Wilson, where do you do your overseas because that looks to be a very conservative amount is that in australia which is probably slightly cheaper than uk and us that's my guess uh but if we were to plan for kids future in australia also is still gonna cost several hundred thousand so i guess that's my that's my main takeaway if you don't have big resources just aim for local universities if they want they get a bursary to go overseas or take a student loan except no choice career project living simply and Yes, uh, agree with it fully. Uh, living simply is is something that this case study has shown. Because if we see that they're actually not too extravagant. Fixed expenses, thousand. I think that's even below than many families' fixed expenses. So my question is, what is your fixed expense? I think that is that is very low uh, as compared to many families. So in the hundred, <laughs> uh, no, 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 definitely not, definitely not. Uh, live comfortably. Live comfortably, I think the 6424, which we mentioned just now, makes sense. Because this, ne, 6424 is a study they've done across, uh, which means as an income basis, a couple should at least aim for 6424 minimum. I think that's fair. It's not that we are purely comparing pay and working blindly for it, but that is that seems to be an average 
for good standard of living as well as to have enough resources. Oh, okay. So, yes, indeed. Australia, inflation goes up. <laughs> Probably not that extreme. Part local, you part time. Uh, which means you are you are still you are, you are working and studying. Uh, that's good. That at least uh means that you have the ability to pay off that without taking on new loans. But again, my my biggest thing is, I believe uh part time you doesn't really kick off the income growth. Let's focus on other things. I guess some of them, some of you viewing are in manager positions or senior positions. Share with us also what it takes to climb the corporate ladder. Because for myself, I only have secondary stories. I work as an advisor. What I hear and what I see from clients are that they know how to climb corporate ladder. They build specialized knowledge more than having certs blindly to, to supplement that. So uh, if you're a senior level, do share with us how to build income. Do costly stuff. Uh, no, 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 no. Starting family is... You know, I've, I've seen before a survey or a research paper that that not having kids when someone wants to is the biggest regret. Something along the lines. Again, it's not having kids when someone wants to. Then that is a big regret. So uh, it's, it's not re regarding cost. Cost is one thing we try to overcome. But this is life stage, life experience. So pros and cons so in many ways. So back to the case study from today. My my biggest critique is, uh, for this case, hundred thousand take take home. We realize that seventeen thousand is allocated towards various insurance plans. That is seventeen percent. I believe that that is an amount that's way too big. If you're watching this, the big takeaway is cap it way lower, maybe ten percent or less, something like that. There's no hard figure, but if you are spending more than ten percent, think very carefully. Is the plan necessary? Should you use this money to buy? Uh, investments rather than to channel it towards a plan. Think very carefully on how you allocate because 17,000 for this case of 100,000 is likelihood excessive. I wish that he has more to allocate towards investments. That will build the wealth a bit faster. Again, 2,000 remaining is good but if you times 12, that's 24,000. You stretch over 15 years, that may not build fast enough and cost is catching up because the younger one will go into childcare very soon. The older one will get to primary school very soon and the cost is just going to inflate. I worry for the family. I think uh, the insurance are bought, that's there. Why suggest investment link plans can be taken. But the next is not to take on too many plans subsequently. There's a lot allocated there already. And as always, if you're watching this on a recorded stream, leave your questions below. Uh, I can't do personal advice, but I can give general feedback. What is good, what is no good. I'll for you to ponder a bit deeper. So with that, I'll end the stream. Thank you for watching to here. As always, smash a like, smash a subscribe. I try to pick up case studies to discuss financial topics with you to help you understand more perspectives. If you don't sign off, see you in the next one. Goodbye.